Thomas and Mac for UNLV versus Wyoming. It's Cofield and Company. Hurts is back. He's going to go with the draw. He's going to run. He's going to score. Jalen Hurts. He's healthy. The dash up the middle and he took it left. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Never too early to get fired up about championship weekend. They're totally fired up in Philly. You hear Merrill Reese on the way back there. Uh, one of the fans, I Adam suggested basically as motivation, uh, I'm saying one of the fans, a uh, Philadelphian maybe. It could be a South Jersey person. You never know. It could be an out-of-state person. I don't know. C.J. Johnson, Gardner, Gardner Johnson, sorry, uh, had his car stolen. So you're thinking, hey, maybe it's a fan going, win or else. Everyone else gets their car stolen. You'll, you'll get it back? <laughs> you'll get it back if, if you win. You, if you win. I think they're holding a ransom. That's awesome. Hey, a great way to go see the Vegas Golden Knights is watching from the flight deck. Flight deck presented by Allegiant. It's where uh, you can watch standing room only, but all you can drink, beer and wine, and all the food you can eat. Great price on this. You go check it out on lvsportsnetwork.com. When you click on the link, you use the promo code RADIO. It's also brought to you by Lerner and Rowe, Injury Attorneys, West Star Credit Union, and Las Vegas Honda Dealers. Uh, next game up that you can take advantage of it with is February 16th against the Sharks. Early start for VGK on the road. You know how much I love the Devils. Long, I mean, long-time Devils fan. Um, one nothing. Devils lead it with five minutes left in the first. As much as Putty, Putty is the biggest Devils. No, fan not, not that much. That's don't. Let's not get crazy. A report on ESPN a little earlier. Emily Kaplan, NHL expert, said Mark Stone is dealing with a back injury and will be out through at least the All Star break. Yeah. Hello. It's. I mean, look. Hello. Nobody had said what it is, but everybody knows what it is. Like it was. <laughs> It was a very uh, – one of those things you just can't completely nail down and go on the record with, but it's been very obvious from the beginning. It was obvious the night it happened the way that Bruce Cassidy talked about it. Uh, they've been trying to not go on the record with the fact that it is a back injury that he's dealing with uh, because that's scary for everyone based on how that has happened in the past and how he's dealt with it and how much of an issue it has been. And he, he had been feeling really good right before this happened. So – um, obviously, there's a lot of concern about his status, both short-term and long-term. Uh, through the All-Star break, at least, is I, I think that would offer some encouragement that, hey, maybe he can come back right after it. But I, I don't think anybody knows that for sure. And I think there is some real concern uh, within the organization about how long this could last. And even if he can come back, what does it mean for next year and beyond for Mark Stone? And I, I'm sure that he's very stressed out in dealing with this and and upset about it because he literally just before this happened had just talked about how much better he felt. So I think that there's a lot of people just kind of uh, waiting and hoping that he'll be able to come back and, and be healthy, and hopefully this time away helps him do that because without him, this is a very, very flawed team. He holds a lot of things together. He does so much defensively, does so much emotionally, is such a leader. Uh, he's one of those guys that's not only a leader – on the ice and in the locker room, but also one of the best players and one of the most important players. So um, 
a lot of concern, certainly, about Mark Stone right now. Back to some NFL news, and we got some Raiders stuff coming up. Rumor Mill is churning on a bunch of different fronts. Patriots will name an OC this year. Last year they went by – did they ever say Patricia officially was the guy? I don't think so. As it turns out, do we know what they actually paid him, or was it free? Did he work for free because uh, he had the Lions money? I don't think he worked for free. But he worked at a discounted rate, and in the end, what did the Patriots get? What they paid for. Sure. Because he was not good. Huh. Bill O'Brien is going to be the offensive coordinator. Interesting choice. Does that now mean the Patriots are out of the market to trade for DeAndre Hopkins? Going back to Texan, the uh, Texans with Billy O'B and DeAndre Hopkins and making comments about his kids and his girlfriends and whatever else. You would think so. You think Hopkins is like, nope, not going to go to that guy. Unless Belichick is a miracle worker and can fix it. But I don't think that's the case. I would think that this is probably not going to be a very successful marriage if it happens. Are you surprised O'Brien has got almost no sniffs around the NFL to be a head coach again? Or does he have to – the Alabama rehab tour didn't work enough. He's got to work some miracles with the Patriots, and then maybe he can be back in that mix. Yeah, I think he's got to be, he's got to be an NFL coach again and repair some bridges. I think there's a lot of people that are very soured by not only him as a coach, but also more importantly, personally, uh, that probably wouldn't accept that. I, w- I don't think I would hire him. So, do you like this hire? Uh, well, not if it stops him from getting DeAndre Hopkins. If you right. pick, maybe pick O'Brien or Hopkins, I would take Hopkins. Uh, but he's obviously somebody who's had success there, who they're comfortable with, and he's an actual offensive coordinator, so that's a good thing for them, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know that. I don't know that he instantly transforms them or transforms Ooh. Mac Jones into a star. Man, I almost pulled one there. That would have been real bad. Would Rutgers make a shot? And you just were no, 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 nothing, nothing to do with any fandom. No, no. I was just, I was thinking while the most of it seems like a lot of the league is trying to go super young on OCs, like the Chargers are looking at uh, Zach Robinson. Bill O'Brien gets hired, and I'm like, he's kind of long in the tooth. And then I looked, and I'm like, man, he's six months younger than, or six months older than I am. So, hey, she's fine. Young guy. <laughs> Youngster. Young guy. Yeah, young and vibrant. I thought he was like 58. Nope, 52. <laughs> Check that, 53. He's an old, old man. 53. There you go. Most, very young, very spry, young 53. I can't imagine. Well, you know, here's the thing. Maybe, Bell, you know, all the, I see all these guys connected. I saw a Patriots fan say today, like, we'll take uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Jerry Judy. I'm sure you will. Doesn't mean they want to go there. Doesn't mean you have the capital to get them either. Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolutely. Those things are always, uh, you know, there's a lot. This, this is speculation season for sure. And uh, there's a lot of things that are just thrown out randomly and, uh, logistically, they don't always work out, and, and you never know how, they, how they'd actually work in practice more than they would on paper. We're getting ready for a run Rebels game tonight. Wyoming is in town at an 8 o'clock tip. Talked to Kevin Kruger uh, yesterday with a bunch of the media people, well, three others, and he had talked about outside noise and if the players were hearing some of the outside noise, and he mentioned that he doesn't look at social media a whole bunch, but he does realize this era is a lot about social media so that the players do. Kruger's pretty young. Should I do another age look up here? Is he a little older or younger than Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach? I would think he's I would think he's younger. It's close though, real close. What did the Bengals coach say about social media? 
Uh, he said he scours the internet. Part of his scours. Part yeah, the Adam Hill of covers, the NFL head coach yeah, covers every inch of the internet uh, to try to find motivation for his team and uh, billboard material uh, for his team. So he's just uh, you know at the end of the night he's uh, he's got the game plan ready and he starts scrolling trying to find it. And that was pretty clear. From, I got a tweet here from yeah. Bengals hater one two nine four nine. Look at what he said. Well, it was it was pretty clear from after the game how fired up everybody was about the Atlanta uh, ticket situation. With the neutral site game. I mean, everybody that did an interview and everybody that spoke after the game talked about, better get those refunds ready, send that check back. Like, that was a huge thing. So it, it was clear that somebody had sent the message about all the people that were excited about a neutral site game that the Bengals had ruined. And, uh, yeah, Zach Taylor said he scours every inch of the Internet to try to find this bull- bulletin board material. I think I said billboard material. I don't, I don't mind it. I, don't I love it. it. You, you got to always look for stuff. That's great. Uh, Kevin by the Kruger, way, what I, I just want to mention, Kruger is nine days older than Zach Taylor. Is that close? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, uh, by, the, by the way, Kruger for motivation has now repeated, uh, I think, at least three times or four times that I've heard him say that no one thought they'd win games early in the season. Not exactly accurate. No. But whatever it takes to get your guys fired up again. Yeah, for and sure. by the way, that's not my opinion that they're not fired up. He keeps saying that they need to get back to the edge they had early on. So that's why he's saying, hey, no one believed in us early. Yeah, uh, that's fair. And, um, you know, when you, it's, every team does it even if they say they don't. Like, I don't think Josh McDaniel scours the Internet. But I will tell you that when you're walking around the, uh, the locker room, there's always quotes from the other team every single week. No way. Yeah, there's a, uh, right? there's a mo- there's a, an electronic billboard. And it cycles between, like, Raider of the Week, which is, I think, voted by the coaches, who the best Raider was that week, essentially a game ball. And it says, like, what they did that week and why they deserve it, why they earned it, not only on the field but off the field. Uh, and then it'll go to, like, some some random stat of something that happened. And then it'll be, here's a quote from somebody on the other team. Here's a quote from somebody on the other team. Here's what they said. Is there ever Raiders media D-bag of the week? No. Like, they ever <laughs> post some stuff that you say or – that should be incorporated next year. But I don't think they that would put that out in the place that we could see it, which is we're in the locker room, so we would see that. Well, I, honestly, I think there would be a couple of people who are in the Raiders media who would see it and go, yeah, that's great. I love that. Probably true. Wasn't, wasn't meant that way. Probably true. Uh, and I know, look, there's players recently that have gone after certain – "Quote unquote" media members on, on Twitter, which is which is always fun to watch too. Was that the uh, comment on the offensive line? Yeah, from uh, what Beast Rider? Yeah, Ryan Sakamoto. Is yes. that his name? Yeah, and uh, Illuminor came out and was like, "Man, why don't you tell me about the uh, issues on the offensive line, Ryan?" Now, to be fair, like I I I like Jermaine a lot. We talk a lot <laughs> in the locker room, but Jermaine Illuminor is not under contract, so they do need a tackle, yeah. <laughs> whether whether it's him or not. I mean, they'd have to resign him to make him the tackle. What do I say all the time about players and coaches with media? Don't punch down. Sure. And that's not a shot at the the height, the aforementioned uh, media person. You, you shouldn't punch down at any of us. Ryan's very, it's, it's, it's Ryan's punching very down. short. It's punching down. Sure. Jermaine's like 6'3". Don't, don't, okay, don't, get, like don't, get, don't get preoccupied. I mean, I don't know what's, what's going on here. Uh, Raiders rumor of the day, this one from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Um Teams around the league expect the Raiders to aggressively tweak their roster, and that includes Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler getting, quote, their own guys while moving on from 
team veterans. NFL teams will keep an eye on tight end Darren Waller and wide receiver Hunter Renfro. Interesting. Um, I thought this was something you floated as a way to team build in terms of not going backwards, that they would seek out some cheaper options in terms of veterans. So that would that would mean some dudes who are on the Raiders would have to be pushed out. Yeah, the, the only thing I would say, like I, I feel like because this same – and where this came from was a predictions column by Jeremy Fowler that he kind of samples the league and, and gets the opinion of people of what might happen this offseason. And he included this, but he also included the Tom Brady will play with the Raiders if he plays. It said if Tom Brady does not retire, he will play for the Raiders. It, those two things don't really line up necessarily to me. Where I think if Tom Brady is coming here, they're going to keep some of those guys. Now, the difference could be if Gronk is also coming, which is – certainly part of the rumor maybe you don't need Waller but I think Waller and Gronk would be a great combination as two tight ends uh but if you need to save money it'd also be an interesting guy to move on from um and Hunter Renfro I think would be terrific with Brady so that wouldn't really make sense to me either uh that part of it so I my, my thought is you trade those guys if Brady does not come but if he does I think that's a different scenario so I I don't know if those two things are mutually exclusive or if they're part of the same prediction from him. There were two, two different predictions in that column, but um, I, I'm, I'm very intrigued to find out how differently they handle this offseason based on if Brady does come here or not. You think that Raiders fans are kind of blown away that both Waller and Renfro were mentioned here, that both could be trade pieces? I mean, I'm, I'm sure the Renfro one is the more Yeah, a lot of loyalty sure. to Renfro. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. But, I mean, Renfro is very, very tied with – Derek Carr. Darren Waller is not. I don't think there's much love lost there. So, um, I, yeah, I think that that would be if if Hunter Renfro is you know upset, not happy with that decision, that could play part of that too. I mean, you, you, we just talked about it. Like a lot of things are, you know, a lot of things are not just surface, right? It's not just oh, Hunter Renfro, very good receiver. Why would you trade him? Well, if Hunter Renfro is not happy and doesn't want to be here because he doesn't like how Derek Carr was treated potentially, then. That could be part of that decision as well. So I think there's a, there's just a lot of moving pieces to monitor here. Great event coming up next Thursday. It's the uh, 98th edition of the Shriners Children's Hospitals Shrine Bowl. It's the East-West Shrine Bowl in partnership with NFL Pro Bowl Weekend. Tickets are on sale right now for the game at the Al Ticketmaster.com. All ticket proceeds go directly to the Shriners Children's Hospital and their uh, world-class pediatric health care. Prices start as low. As 19 bucks plus fees. We've got two tickets right now. Game's next Thursday, 5.30 kickoff at Allegiant. Ari's got your hookup for the East-West Shrine Bowl. 364-1100-364-1100. Caller number seven. Wednesdays, it's the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at 5 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. Keyshawn Gilbert quickly the other way. And Keyshawn trying to go to the basket, just lost the ball. Now Colomario able to run down the lane for a dunk, and Keyshawn Gilbert just absolutely lost the basketball, and that turns into a dunk the other way. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Mack. John Sandler on the call there, running Rebel warm-up coming up at 7.30. Wyoming's in town to take on UNLV. Got to cut down on the mistakes. We'll give some uh, picks, leans, likes later on as we close things out right before 6 o'clock. Update on the Golden Knights. They're on the road. When are they back home? Like 214? Yeah. They're gone weeks. forever. Three weeks. 
What's going on with the schedule? It's rough. Well, they got a bye week and an all-star game in there. so That's a good point. Uh, one nothing. Devils at the end of one over VGK. Your Devils. Did you watch anything on TV last night? Oh, yeah. The new... Uh all-American finally came back. Okay. I, boy, I got I to I rush through it. It's been off for uh, for like a month and a half. I've got to rush through it. The December hiatus. So it was, it was a big episode last night. But they do a lot of episodes. And I look through the seasons. Like, I'm used to used to watching shows that have like seven episodes. Like Well, it's a traditional TV like, show. Like so there's 19, like, 20, yeah. 21. That's what, TV, forgot. that's what TV shows are. I watched some show last night that was based on like the Texas State Fair and the stands that sell all the fried food. And the SO and I watched like five episodes, and I was like, what are we doing? But we couldn't stop. What, what is it on? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> Netflix or Hulu or something. We have, we have 50 dis, uh, subscriptions at this point, so I don't know. But it was just really mindless nonsense TV. Well, I got... But we were riveted. I, I will say one of, the, one of the issues with the streaming services potentially, and it's, it's good for them that they do it, but... Uh, last week after the game, the the football game was on Peacock, or I watched it on Peacock at least, last week, and then it immediately just started some reality show. Oh, wow. And it was on, and I was about halfway through an episode, and I said, all right, this is, I got to see where this goes. And I watched the entire, it ended at like 8.30 in the morning. I watched the entire <laughs> ten, 10 episodes in a row. And I don't even really watch reality shows, though. Not like game show reality shows. And I was like, what did I just do? What just happened? So let's go head-to-head here on, on something we're both looking forward to. I'm going to throw out 80 for Brady. Absolutely not. And you want to throw out something with some Nike movie, Affleck and Affleck Matt and Damon. Damon? Or, or you're, you're, a, and you're going to pit this against Jane Fonda. Yeah. With cameos from lots of Patriots. I'm not watching. 80 for Brady 80 looks for, tremendous. It doesn't. Uh, I'm not watching it. Uh, I will say, uh, if Brady does sign with the Raiders, I'll probably have to <laughs> to get some. It's a documentary, right? Yeah. It's about <laughs> some, some background well, on Brady. There we go. There's a column right there. <laughs> That'll push the uh, over-under one-and-a-half column bit. total by you. There you go. On Tom Brady. I win. Well, it'll go to one. <laughs> That'll be the only one. You'll I'll say this. It. You'll write another. My There'll only be some charitable thing. There'll be something about Giselle, something about his kids. My only something about I don't know. My only potential Raiders Sunday column will be on eighty for eighty for Brady. Exactly. I, I can't wait. I can't wait until you say it. I think you'll be surprised. The movie uh, it's it's called Air. It's uh, it's about kind of the early days of Nike. I think Ben Affleck playing Phil Knight. I saw a picture of him. He it looks great. pretty good. It looks pretty good. It's Matt Damon, Sonny Vaccaro with like a bald cap on. Yeah, but no, but, is he? Yeah. Stop! Yeah, yeah. Phil Knight with the uh, Affleck with the big Phil Knight beard. It's pretty good. Well, I do love college basketball, and obviously the NBA is going to be involved, so I might have to watch it. It might be five years from now when it doesn't cost anything. No, nah, I think it'll be it'll be released on like Amazon or something. All right. Okay, I'm in. Okay. But only only if you watch eighty for Brady. Now I can't do that. Because I already, I already screwed you over. What was it last year? The Pistol Pete, which, by yeah. the way, I was cleaning out my garage. I found, I, what happens is we, when we go season to season, sometimes stuff that's near the TV gets thrown in a bin. Now that Christmas has been cleaned up, that bin comes back in. So the Pistol Pete story is going to be watched. That's good. It's great. I mean, it's, 
It's uh, It's been like a year and a half. It's, it's somewhat dated. I mean, it was my favorite movie as a child, not necessarily as an adult. And you, did you watch the I you watched the Stallone the Stallone soccer movie, which yes. was it was unbelievable. It was it was good, yeah, but it was it was, good. It was part of a deal you. that you never fulfilled. I never, I never fulfilled the other end. Jason Bateman's also in the uh, no, yeah, in the Nike movie. Marlon Wayans, Chris Tucker, Viola Davis. It's a good cast. Chris Messina. It's good. I could be in. I'm probably. I think it's going to be. I'm 90% in. I think it's going to be a good movie. Wanted to tell everyone we have really cool giveaways coming up next week, including we're going to have tickets for the 20th annual Pro Bowl Hall of Fame Players Party. It's next Friday. We'll have tickets next week, free tickets. It's a 5 o'clock start. It involves Warren Moon, Shannon Sharp, Charles Woodson. He's wearing the sweater. All raising money for local schools. This is uh, for the Slam Schools founded by Pitbull. It's going to be a bunch of NFL legends at this thing. It's at Resorts World. You can get your own tickets. Look it up. Eventbrite. It's a really cool site. I'll send out the link. Eventbrite for the uh, 20th Annual Hall of Fame Players Soiree. Again, we'll have tickets next week, so make sure you're listening to the Press Box and especially Cofield & Company and Raider Nation Radio 920 with Q Show for free tickets. This is going to be awesome, but you can get your own tickets at eventbrite.com. On the way, we're going to talk some Cowboys, wrap up the season, also get into the Texans a little bit. He uh, does radio in Houston now way back when. Remember Cowboy fans? Of course you don't because you didn't care those years because you're bandwagon fans, but Clint Turner was a quarter. Right? You like that? Uh, Clint Turner was a quarterback for the Cowboys. He's an Arkansas guy. Like I said, he's doing radio in H-Town, so we'll talk to him about the Cowboys and also get a, a little bit into Barry Odom, a little bit more into Bobby Petrino. I know everyone wants to forget it, but I want his perspective on that as well. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. I grew up without social media. I grew up without that. So it's a, you know, it's very easy. I don't pay attention to social media. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time on it. So that's, while I know what people are saying, like you said, it's, you know, being a little bit older, I think it's easier for us to tune that out. Yeah, for a group of guys that have never known life without it, you know, we we know, you know, we know it's, it's, it's hard being their age. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live at the Thomas and Mac. Kevin Kruger, uh, Rebels head coach, is talking about social media, the effect that it has on the players. And right now, Rebels in a swoon as they uh, face Wyoming. Both teams really need to start winning some games in the Mountain West Conference. 8 o'clock tip. All right, let's talk about uh, one of those teams out there that uh, absolutely uh, is a big topic on social media. Hopefully the players for the Cowboys don't see any of the stuff. But uh, the season did not end the way they wanted it to. Clint Turner does radio in Houston. He played for the Cowboys. He also went to Arkansas. So we got a lot to get into with the former Cowboys quarterback. Clint, how you doing? Man, I'm doing well, fellas. I uh, I appreciate y'all for having me, man. It's a, it's a good time, good time of year to be in this business, and oh uh, good, good to be on with y'all. So many freaking topics. I appreciate you stepping up for us. So let's start with, um, I don't know, we, you know, we kind of fanned the flames today. We saw that both of the Jones boys canceled their radio gigs. What do you think is going on with uh, Jerry and Steve, and is something brewing immediately after the season here with the Cowboys? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think there's there. Now, I'm not basing that solely on the fact that they've right. they've um, you know they've ducked a couple of their their weekly radio um, 
hits. I, I, don't, I mean, that, that obviously throws a red flag up. But, but look, I think I think Jerry is is at the end of the rope, literally at the end of the rope, and and in a position where he wants to have a lot more success at the end of his 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 time as as the active owner and and actively involved with the team. And and I think I think he's in a spot where you know he's going to move with a sense of urgency to to make a change. I think it's fairly obvious that a change needs to be made on several fronts in, in Dallas. And, and I, I think this is probably the beginning of the end for a couple of coaches there. And, and we'll see the Cowboys move on from them probably here in the next couple of days. What about the quarterback? Well, I, that's one they can't move on from. And, and so, uh, I mean, there's several different you know layers to the conversation about Dak. I, I think ultimately that drives who the next coach is. I, look, I, I think they need to move on from Mike McCarthy. This is an undisciplined football team. Uh, that that quite frankly is is uh, we can say explosive from time to time. They, they're they're really good from time to time offensively. Um, and so when we look at it through the microscope of an offensive minded head coach, we look at it through the lens of, of of an overall head coach. They're undisciplined and they're not good enough on the offensive side of the football. That bodes bad for uh, Mike McCarthy. And 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 look, I, I think when you look at Kellen Moore, I, I think Kellen's got a bright future, obviously. Uh, I, I think he's a good offensive coordinator. I, I, I think that him, we've seen enough of him and Dak together to realize that that combination is not going to uh, win ball games consistently in the playoffs. They're not going to beat four good opponents in the playoffs to win a Super Bowl. And when that's the case, it's time to move on. Now, you asked about Dak. They're tied to Dak contractually through 2027, I believe. Uh, maybe, there, maybe there's a cheap out there after the 2026 season, maybe. But at the end of the day, that's, that's the guy that they have to do everything in their power to get the most out of moving forward, at least for the next couple of years, guys. Uh, and I'm, I'm one. I believe he's been used wrong from the jump. Now that we see how Jalen Hurts is being used, we've seen how uh, Lamar Jackson has been used, I think there's, a, there, there's something left to be that's unseen with Dak Prescott Relevant relative to how he's been used to this, to this point. So if I'm Jerry and Steven, I'm going to do everything I can to find a guy that can wrap an offense around Dak's real skill set instead of trying to ask him to be Romo or Brady or, you know, just dissect defenses from the pocket. It's the voice of Clint Turner, former Cowboys quarterback on Cofield and company. Um, most people just annihilated Dak for the mistakes in the game. I did see you come to the defense of Dak on one of the interceptions when it came to what the receiver did on the play, Michael Gallup. Yeah, I mean it's easy. That's a pivot route or a turn route, which which is is one hundred percent of the time thrown three, four, five yards back down the down the sideline, almost like a comeback route. And the one thing the receiver can't do is is clear a path for the defensive the defensive back to run the route for him and ultimately pick the football. So. Whether it was late and whether it was, there was one hitch or two hitches or whether the placement was absolutely perfect, at the end of the day, the last thing that should have been was interception. And so that, that is one where Michael Gallup, who I think they, they made a huge mistake in overvaluing him, thinking that he's a, a one potentially and, and even a really good two, that, that's a situation where at week 19 of the season, if you will, I guess it was more like week 20, wasn't it, of the season – you can't have a veteran receiver making that mistake. That is not on Dak. I, look, I, I'm here with everybody else that wants to annihilate Dak for how he's turned the football over. You can't do it. 
But if I'm going to put stock into somebody's opinion, we're going to acknowledge when a veteran receiver that he relies on lets him down and ultimately allows an interception to happen versus do his job and run a very elementary route the right way, and that's probably a nine-yard gain. So I, I just want to be fair when we're talking about Dak. I, I'll, be, I'll be critical, and I'm with everybody else. It's been a bad year, and he's got to be better. But that interception there, that wasn't on him, man. So if someone called uh, Jerry Jones and company and they're like, you know what, we still like Dak and, you know, we think, hey, whatever, 32, 33, 35 million a year, we can deal with that. Would they move him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think they'd move him. Um, now, Jerry would tell you that they wouldn't, but I, I think they would move him. If somebody would take a 40, you got a $40 million contract, $40 million quarterback that in the biggest moments, Versus, let's be honest, that the higher caliber opponents in the playoffs um, hasn't hasn't answered the bell. Now, one will argue maybe he hasn't had very many opportunities, and that's fine. But but when it's all said and done, I don't think that anybody's going to die on the heel that Dak Prescott is. The way that we've seen him used is is a guy that's going to take them to a Super Bowl. And so I, I think if somebody were uh, foolish enough to to take to, to inherit a thirty five forty million dollar uh, Dak Prescott per year for the next four, I think Jerry would move him in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Jerry would move him in a heartbeat. Jerry would, with the way these quarterbacks are coming available, I mean, hell, you got Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers are, are, are uh, Tom Brady for sure. Possibly Aaron Rodgers is going to be available. I mean, Jerry Jones will flip every stone to get his hands on one of those guys uh, for a last second run, especially after we saw how Peyton Manning ended his career and, and the way that Tom Brady went to Tampa Bay. And, and did things. We've seen Aaron Rodgers play at an MVP level as of late. And so, yeah, I, I think Jerry would move would move Dak and go in a different direction in a heartbeat, absolutely. You talk about all the all the quarterbacks that could be available. Uh, one that is available is Derek Carr. Uh, his brother used to play in Houston. He grew up there a little bit. Is there any interest from the Texans in Derek Carr? Yeah, I think there's definitely going to be interest in, in, uh, in Derek Carr. I, look, I, I think I – think the old man Bob McNair, he's passed away. He's 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 long gone. It's Cal's team now. Um, I, I think uh, you know when you talk about the Carr family and maybe that decision that didn't work out real well early on. I, I think that's a thing of the past. And, and if we're being honest, I, I think that Derek Carr is a guy that would that would fit squarely in with Nick Casario and Cal McNair at this point in time. Now the question is, and we're talking about this a lot in Houston, is. You know, I don't want Cal McNair and Nick Casario choosing the next quarterback. I mean, Cal McNair, Cal McNair has, has never chosen a quarterback um, and, and has been and the organization has been extremely dysfunctional for the, for the better part of three years now. Um, and then Nick Casario, I think, I think somebody, somebody left Tom Brady on his doorstep and, and they rode Tom Brady's coattails for 20 years in, in New England. So, you know, I don't know that I, I trust the, the, the powers that be to go out there and make a – decision on a veteran quarterback or even a, a rookie quarterback to draft. And so I hope, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, I hope that whoever they hire as a head coach has the ability um, to go out there and the track record to go out there and, and pick the right direction and the right quarterback to move forward with. Who do you want as a coach? Ooh, I, I'm an offensive-minded guy, man. I, I, look, I, I think right now I would love Sean Payton. I think that ship has sailed. I don't know if it ever had a chance in Houston – I love Sean Payton. I, I love uh, Steichen, Shane, Shane Steichen, I believe his first name, out of, out of, uh, out of Philly, the, the offensive coordinator. You're talking about a guy that took an offense and molded it around Jalen Hurts in an absolute beautiful way. 
Um, if you can do that and you're a coordinator that can do that, I, I have a lot of trust in you, I have a lot of faith in you. And, and then I, I really like Mike Kafka out of the Kansas City tree, obviously he's in New York right now with Dayball. What they've done recently with, with, um, with Jones and then obviously his upbringing being side-by-side in, in an organization with Pat Mahomes. I really like those resumes. I am heavy. I am bullish on an offensive-minded head coach. You hire the right – here's the deal, guys. If, if you hire the right coach, right, the, oh, we, we, can, we can all agree that whether you hire offensive or defense, you, you got to get it right, okay? So we get beyond that. If you hire the head coach and you get it right, I also would like to get my offensive coordinator right. I would like to have a guy at the, at the top that knows exactly what the quarterback room dynamic should be. I want the guy at the top to be the guy that's deciding, is it Derek Carr, is it Bryce Young, is it C.J. Stroud, and, and having to live and die with that guy and get the best out of him. Not a defensive-minded coach that's trying to plug-and-play offensive coordinators to make a quarterback work and hope a system works. I, I'm just an offensive-minded guy. So I'm probably out on a limb by myself, guys, with, with the, the, the candidates that, that I personally would, would go after. Um, so I, I think here's the problem. It, or not problem, but here's, here's what's going on in Houston. I think I, I, after all we've gone through, I think we're going to end up with Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator out of Philly, and D'Amico Ryan, the defensive coordinator out of uh, San Francisco. I think those two guys are going to be the finalists. So – it looks like they're going to end up going defensive, if I had to guess right now. What do you think of Bill O'Brien being tabbed as the OC in New England? How about this, guys? I, I think the silliest thing we've seen in all of all of the NFL in a long time is Bill Belichick going to the podium and acting as if he's not going to hire an <laughs> offensive coordinator. Turns, turns out he doesn't hire an offensive yep, coordinator. Yep. He, he, he tests two failed head coaches, a special teams coordinator, and a defensive coordinator with a second-year quarterback to go out there and be the, to, to call an offense in, in, the, in the damn NFL. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I've been critical of it. If that wasn't Bill Belichick, the national media would be running that guy up out of his, out of his position in a heartbeat. We gave Bill a pass. We gave Bill a pass because it was Bill. That was silly as hell. I mean, it doesn't matter what anybody says. Now, with that said, in hindsight, it damn sure didn't make any sense. Now, as silly as that was, this is absolutely great. Not only is Bill O'Brien going back to a place he knows, Bill Belichick knows him well. They're not going to ruffle any feathers. And then I think the biggest key here is I know Bill O'Brien's offense. I covered it in Houston for several years. He needs a very cerebral, high-level processing quarterback in order for that offense to, to hit on all cylinders. He's got that in Mac Jones. And so I think, I think it's an absolutely beautiful hire. Talking football with Clint Turner, does uh, radio in Houston, is former quarterback with the Cowboys, also an Arkansas guy. So tell me what you think of UNLV's hire of Barry Odom. Absolutely love it, man. I mean, I, I think I've, I've always been high on Barry um, at, at Arkansas. I love what he was able to do defensively and, and, and put Arkansas in a position a couple of years ago to, to really accelerate, you know, I, I, I think the the – the new coach, and that was Sam Pittman, really accelerate um, the, the learning curve and and and, and fast track them to uh, winning more ball games than they probably should have. I mean, that had a lot to do with about three or four games where Barry Odom's defense schematically was the absolute, I mean, just difference in the ball game. And so, look, I think he's a weapon on the sideline on the defensive side of the football. And then you fast forward to this past year, and and 
our defense was bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Barry Odom this past year, uh, you know, is going to win any trophies for the defensive product that was out there. But the way that he overcame injuries, the way that he over uh, – what, what, what am I looking for? The way that he was, was – I mean, he had some dudes out there that couldn't cover me. And, and, and they were – they and, and kept him in the LSU game, kept him in the Liberty game, kept him in several ball games, and gave, this, gave Arkansas a chance to win it. So, when I, when I talk coaches, man, we know Barry Odom has the experience of being a head coach. What he was able to do at Missouri, I, you know, I, I think that's, that's a tough place to be a head coach. I, I think he's a great head coach. You look at the defensive mind, and I'll, I'll, the best compliment I can pay him is on the defensive side of the football, he is a weapon on the sideline. And y'all got a good one, man. I, I'm really excited about, about the UNLV football with Barry Odom. I think you got a good one. It's going to be a lot of fun, and he's a great dude. I get the feeling, too, that they made out a little better with their eventual OC hire in Brennan Marion, who was a wide receiver coach on the Texas staff and runs what he calls a go-go offense instead of Bobby Petrino. Ooh, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm a big Bobby guy. Uh, now, now I, I, I think Bobby needs to call and apologize to me for what he did yes. at, my, at my alma mater. Yeah, yeah, but, but, course, I, yes. but when it comes to offensive football, man, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big Bobby Petrino guy. I think he's one of the best offensive minds. So we'll see what happens there. I'll tell you this. You're definitely going to have more fun covering the guy you got. That's for damn sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, Clint. Hey, man, we love talking football with you. Thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we can uh, ring you. I don't know if you're – are you going to the Super Bowl? No, no, I'm not going to the Super Bowl, man. I, I got an 11-month-old here at the house, man. I'm getting all the daddy time I can, brother. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on. It's a little later for you, but uh, we'll probably bring you up during the Super Bowl for more analysis. Thank you. Hey, all right, man. Y'all be good. Thanks for having me. There is. Really good follow. Clint Turner up on Twitter. Good interview there. Uh, Rebels are now up to about – 23 guys, Adam, in this middle signing period. Add that to seven in the early signing. I still think they have more players on the way. You remember last year, I think Arroyo had 31 in and like 25 out. When you are building a program the way you want to, there's going to be some players who are going to be recruited over. So I'm really curious now to see what happens with the existing roster because I think they've had seven guys go. And almost every one of them went to Power 5. Even Phillip Hill, who didn't play last year, went, wound up going to North Texas, not Power 5, but going to North Texas. The roster shakeup is going to be pretty freaking big. And, by the way, that includes um, Odom and Michael Scherer, who's the defensive coordinator, uh, taking two players from Arkansas. One in Jalen St. John, who I think will be earmarked as a starter. Pretty high-level guy, you know, three-star guy, 6'5", 335. And then they got a linebacker who was just on that two-line for Arkansas, a Jackson Woodard, who's 6'3", 230. So I think they're expected to really compete to be starters. And I, I have a feeling they're going to close strong here with a, a few more candidates to start. So the guys on the roster now are kind of looking around like, all right, competition is on. We better be ready because they brought in a ton of players. And I'm, I'm impressed that they got in on both Odom kids. That was a tough – that's a tough nut to crack. Well, they have – they – they don't have the younger one yet. I know they got, they're in on them though. Oh well, um, his oldest son is coming. Yeah, so he's he's going to be a linebacker and big kid. So we'll see what his upside is. And then his younger one is a three-star, borderline yeah, four-star quarterback. Legit, so that would be prospect. that would be a very nice get for a group of five. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter.
Cofield and Company presents. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Golden Knights still trailing. The Devils won nothing at them in the second. Eight minutes left. Logan Thompson, 17 saves. Oof. Knights with only 14 shots on goal so far. Oh, he just scored. Who did? Knights. You just saw an update as you were looking at I your just phone? saw an update. Now, instead of actually watching the game on my computer because I had access to it, I'm, I was looking at the phone, and it popped up like right then. Right then. Come on, update the goal. Ben Hutton. Ooh. It's big. You're going to react to my, my grunt there? Disturbing. Yes. 1-1 one, one now. Don't Eight minutes left again. in the second. I won't. I won't. There's a ton going on as we close the show. We need like another hour. There is a ton going on, including potential breaking news from the Big East. <laughs> I was hoping for a transition there. but Stick your hand in there, Dave. I think we lost Better. it. I think we had lost my video screen. Oops, my Better. bad. What's the breaking news? 325 to go. Here we go. Come on, Pat. Georgetown 69, DePaul 63. It's actually kind of shocking that Georgetown has been unable to win games in the Big East this year. It's not good. No. Maybe we're a loaded Big East again, but it's not good. They are 0-9. They have not won a game, I think, in over two years. Brutal. In the Big East. But they do have a lead late in the game. Can they hold on the last 325? I mean, Wow. I didn't realize that UConn had tumbled all the way to 5-5 five and five in conference after being number one in the country. It's pretty wild. So I guess they'd, they'd be a strong candidate to get in at least four, maybe five, but Creighton fell apart in the non-con. They played an incredibly tough non-con, but, uh, yeah, save your Marquette Providence on top of the Big East. I don't know why I went into hardcore Big East talk. Georgetown going to make a big run? No. Okay. Back in the bag. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I knew we had a ton of stuff to get to. I have so many things marked. Have you seen there's a bunch of outrage on the McDonald's All-American nominations over Bronny James? Yeah. Did anybody expect he would not get there? Well, the thought is that he's actually not one of the top 25 players in the country. Um, as you're suggesting, the other part of it is it's LeBron James' kid. But also, so He's going to get in the game. So whether you think he's the number 75 player in the country or not, because I've seen criticism like he just hasn't been that consistent. I would also defend him by saying, when you're that age and you're that famous, because your dad's that famous, you might have consistency issues from game to game in high school. He'll be a really good player for however long he stays in college. He, well, he, he needs next-level competition to drive him, so he will not be a flop on the collegiate level. But I'll also say I think the other kids are probably cool with it. Now, whoever, the one guy that missed out on a spot, I'm sure, is not happy, but... The other kids are probably cool with it because a lot more people are going to see them. It's, it's a much bigger platform because he's in the game. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Another weird update. Sean Payton's second interview with the Broncos got delayed. Did Bye. you see this? Bye. Jeff Duncan, who's a uh, Saints media guy, said Sean Payton interview delayed because Rob Walton is on a hunting trip. With Derek Wolf. 
And I don't think it's with Derek Wolf. Maybe, maybe that was a late addition. Like I gotta go, I gotta go with a, a bow, man. This guy's gonna take out anything he can. Um, he's on a hunting trip, and wanted everyone to wait until he gets back to do a second interview. Uh oh. Well, I don't know that I'd leave any sort of time gap here for a certain family in the Dallas area to get all fired up and maybe slip in. Uh, that was it. No, because there was another. You, did, you, you punched for the bag. No, you, you, pu- you wanted to go in the bag. No, go in the bag. We got. We, no, I don't want to squeeze your last story. Go in the bag. Jonathan Marshall, so two one. Oh, they did just score. I saw that. Yeah. All right. Do you have any analysis on the Broncos? No, jerking around here, Sean Payton. What are you doing? The report today was he's already been offered the job. So I don't know that the second interview matters. It's it's a matter of Sean Payton waiting to decide if he's going to take it or not. How how long? That's right. Drop that a couple more times. Or was that just Ari doing it? Is that, what, is that what Sean Payton's going to say? That's right. When do you get nervous? Another day and a half? If you're... Like, if he's not... If he doesn't take the job by Thursday? Well, I think... I'm pretty sure that they're... They think the same thing everybody else does, that he's waiting to find out on the Cowboys. Oh, boy. 8 o'clock start. Check that. 7.30 for running Rebel warm-up. UNLV basketball right here on ESPN Las Vegas with an 8 o'clock tip. Wyoming in town. Come out to the arena. Watch the game.